There's a reason they call music the universal language. Songs have a way of expressing our hearts. We all experience life differently and the lyrics have unique meanings to each of us. I'm just a girl who loves music and storytelling. So through the good, bad, and ugly, I'm sharing artist journeys and my own stories in hopes that you can relate. Cheers to being hashtag relatable. Welcome back to Hashtag Relatable. I'm Abby Shaw, and today we're talking about a teen sensation who's still pretty popular today, and we're talking about Justin Bieber. And by we're, my cousin Katie is here with me. Hello, I'm back. (laughs) She was on the very first episode with me with Shania Twain, and Shania's our girl, so we had to do it. But we're talking about JB today. Both from Canada. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I was never like a believer. I think that's what they were called. I was never like obsessed with Justin Bieber, but Katie was kind of obsessed with him. So it kind of set in later for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like I became a believer <laughs> after I was older. So we're just going to jump right into his story. He was born March 1st, 1994, in Ontario, Canada, like Katie said. And his mom was a single mom. Shout out to Patty. And they lived with his grandparents. And his mom bought him a drum kit when he was two. He learned how to play the piano, the guitar, and the trumpet after that. So he was a very musically inclined kid. That's awesome. Yeah, just to like be able to play that many instruments. I've literally always wanted to learn how to play one. One (laughs) instrument. I want to play the guitar so bad, but I don't want to have to learn. Yeah. I tried when I, actually when I stayed over at your house when I was house and dog sitting, I tried to pull up YouTube and I got your guitar. <laughs> it didn't go very well, so. Well, you've played it more than I have, so. <laughs> In 2007, he was 12 years old and he wanted to audition for this local talent show. I watched the Never Say Never documentary the other day and they were talking about how, like, he just was so great on stage. Like, he knew how to entertain from a young age. Wow, he was up there yeah. doing his own thing. But he came in second place. Can you imagine being the girl it was a girl it was okay she beat justin bieber i was gonna say who beat him like is she famous or anything she no was she singing i'm not positive but i feel like she was huh so like imagine you're like (laughs) i beat justin bieber but also to be like i beat justin bieber i'm doing nothing yeah i was just thinking like that would be so cool to be like actually (laughs) just a fun fact about yourself if anyone ever asks a fun fact that would be your fun fact or three truths and a lie or two truths and a lie yeah nobody'd ever believe you no so after that competition his mom was like "Ooh, not everybody could be there i want to like put this video somewhere so that all of our family and friends can see so she posted the video on youtube and then after that some people started to find the video and people were like requesting that he sing various songs so he would put up covers he had like stevie wonder michael jackson he had like neo so very like r&b rock pop kind of stuff right again i'm pretty sure he's had like over three million shares or something it was just like he just kind of escalated really quick and one of the people that ended up discovering these videos was scooter braun which if you know anything about the music industry, you know about Scooter Braun, whether you love or hate him, he's pretty big. You know of him. (laughs) But at this time, he was new. He's a talent agent, and he came across the video. He found Patty's contact information, and he called her. And he was like, hey, I found Justin's videos. He's really good. I'm down here in Atlanta. Do you want to come down here? And I just want to record some demos. And she was very unsure about it because, you know, they're normal people from Canada. Right. And this guy's calling you and like, hey, come down here. And he's all like, no strings attached. 
attached, but you also know that it's a business. Well, also, like, I know Canada and America, you know, we flow pretty well together. But, I mean, it's a whole different country. Hey, do you want to come to this country with your 12-year-old son? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know. He was like, if nothing else, you get a free vacation out of it. Just come. So, she was like, okay, what's the harm in it? So, they flew to Atlanta, and Scooter took him to the studio, and they were going to record some demos. And he was like, don't talk to anybody. Do not sing for anybody, because he didn't want anyone to say that they discovered him. Okay. And up walks Usher. And Justin was like, I'm going to talk to him. <laughs> and he was like, I just told you not to do that. Of course, and he was, as a 12-year-old boy, though, when yeah. you're like, you know. So, he hard. went up. They were in the studio. And he was like, hey, Usher, listen to me sing. And Usher was obviously impressed by his voice and the confidence that this kid would walk up to him and just start singing. I was about to say, like, I feel like you had to be pretty ballsy as, a, like, a 12-year-old yeah. to walk up to a famous singer and be like, listen to me sing. <laughs> like, So, like, he was impressed by just, like, the way he carried himself and Usher decided he was going to help them. So in 2008, Usher and Scooter helped him get a record deal at RBMG Records, which was Scooter's families. So it probably wasn't that hard, but he had to, you know, they had to work for it. Right. He was probably about 14 at this time. Yeah, I think he was born in 1994. 13, 14. So yeah. Somewhere in that age. Him and his mom officially moved to America. They were like, okay, bye Canada. See you never. (laughs) And they just packed up. They lived in Atlanta for a while and he said he thought it was like the coolest thing ever. He was like in the studio all day, every day. They're writing music. They're picking out songs, you know, just to get to be there. Right. The first single came out in 2009 and it was One Time. I know the song, but I feel like this was not the first Justin song that I heard. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, no. Later that year, they released the EP My World. At this point, people were starting to like catch on since he had like the YouTube success, but more people were discovering him. And the next year in 2010, his first full studio album came out and it was My World 2.0. And as we all know, this had Baby on it. Yeah. And this is when I discovered Justin Bieber. Yes. Because I was in about fifth grade, I feel like, and everybody knew him. There were so many girls in my grade who were obsessed. Yeah with fan him. girls like, like knew everything about him like what time he was born at the hospital <laughs> it was raining that day I, you know we all the grew stuff. up in that era like we were around the same age as him so like that was yeah like our generation that was fangirling over him and that were believers and everyone was obsessed with him yeah and what i didn't know about baby was that it was not a number one song it was a top five but it never made it number one i didn't and that, know that completely either. shocked me because baby is like that is just Justin Bieber to me. Right. No, yeah. When you say one time, I'm like, I've heard of that. But when mm-hmm. I think Justin Bieber and young Justin Bieber, I think of Baby. Baby. And the music video for Baby had 500 million views. And it was the first video like to ever do that. Oh my gosh. Which is absurd. 500 million people. I knew it's still like the second most video yeah. viewed on YouTube or something That's like crazy. that. crazy. Don't quote me on that. But <laughs> I think it's up there. Yeah. He was getting more and more attention. Girls were obsessed with him at this point. Around the never say never period is when he kind of started, like it kind of got to him. It was in his head. He felt like he had to live up to these standards that people were holding him to. He didn't want to disappoint people. He was also balancing like he's not a normal kid anymore. Kind of has to be this person that he doesn't know how to be. Right. And everybody was expecting things from him, and he, like, didn't know how to handle that because he's a kid. He's, like, right. 14, 15, well, 16 yeah. years I old. I mean, even at that age, you're trying to, even as, like, a, not that he wasn't a normal kid, <laughs> but, I mean, he wasn't. He was yeah. famous, and, you know, but even as, like, your average Joe at 15-year-old, you're still, like, trying to discover yourself. You don't and, even know who you yeah. are, like, until, like, your mid to, like, 20s. Yeah. And he's, like 
preteen, if early all teenager. All this stuff is thrown at him all at once, and yeah, I couldn't imagine. And this is when he started to really struggle with his mental health. So that's like a consistent theme throughout the whole rest of his career. Yeah. Belief came out in 2012, and his style was starting to change. He'd lost the floppy hair. It was more spiky. He was wearing a lot more black, gold. Right. You know, he was going for the more, like, I'm cool thing. Swagging. Yeah. And his, <laughs> his style was definitely more R&B. Yeah, for sure. Around this time, he started dating Selena Gomez, and we all know that that was a very up and down, Jelena. on, off again. <laughs> I truly thought they were going to end up together. I used to love Jelena. Like, even before I was really obsessed with Justin Bieber, I was obsessed with Jelena. Like, Mm -hmm. them being together. I don't really know why. I think it's just, like, they were around the same age as me. And, like, I watched them from their little, like, Selena was, like, on Barney to, like... And, like, she was on Disney. Yeah. And so, it was just, like, I know them. That relationship was not really that great for either of them. And around this time was when, kind of, their relationship and his status as a celebrity kind of, like, over shadowed his music career and like he wanted to sing that's what he wanted to do like he was passionate about music he loved to perform but things kind of got a little rocky he started having some drug related issues he'd been arrested a couple times for various things he says now that like he was pretty heavy on the drugs like he would wake up in the morning he would pop pills like just to get through his day his security would have to like check on him to see if he was even alive like if he had a pulse he just didn't know who he was in the middle of the night i've read that before yeah He just felt like he didn't have anybody. Like, he had all these people around him, but they all wanted him for selfish reasons, not just because he was a person. And that would get to anybody, and he's, you know, 18, 19, 20 around this time. So, he's a young adult, and he's already gone through all this stuff. In 2014, he released an album, and it was Journals, and this was a completely unsuccessful album. There were no hits off of this album. Like, I don't know any of the songs. I don't, I don't either. He says now that when he was about 18 and he had no skills in the real world with millions of dollars and access to whatever he wanted. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, he was like, like, that would be hard on anybody. And he was like, I had all this money and I could literally do whatever I wanted to do. But like, I could never feel that void of like, you know, just having people that truly loved you. Right. You know? Purpose came out in 2015, and I can just tell through listening to this that he was hardcore struggling. Yeah. Like, it kind of irritates me that, like, he turned this project into, like, the label and all those people who were around him, and, like, they just were like, oh, he's fine. Or the people who helped him co-write some yeah. of the songs. Like, you have to know that they were having conversations as they were talking about the lyrics, you know? Just lit. Like, you can just straight up tell he was not doing very well. Like, right. there's literally a song on there called Life is Worth Living, and he's talking about suicidal thoughts. And, like, am I going to be okay? Like, this is hard. You know, the whole album is called right. Purpose. Like, yeah, he's it's, like, what is my he's purpose? He's clearly not okay during this mm-hmm. time. But I do have to say that this is probably the time when I became a believer, which is like... Yeah, I asked for this album. I'm a big CD person, and I asked for this for Christmas. I think it was like my junior year of high school, and I listened to this all the time. And Abigail, my best friend, she also asked for this for Christmas. It was just like, we love this album, but it's also like sad. But I think that also represents the time for us, because he was around 21, 20, Mm -hmm. 21, and so we were a few years younger, but we were around like 18, and so I 
life just feel like you know during that time in your life you are going through a lot of yeah things. like in high school I was going through a lot of stuff right especially my junior year right as a teenager we've all been through stuff and mm-hmm. so I feel like in some of the songs I just feel like you felt that like you connected yeah, you to could that. resonate with yeah it. he ended up going on the purpose world tour and he didn't tour for journals scooter wanted him to take like a break like he was clearly like you were not okay look let's not tour plus it wasn't successful he ended up going to like 150 dates and there were like 40 countries so that's like a lot on a person anyways plus he's not okay he ended up canceling the last 14 dates of this tour because he was like I can't do this I remember something about that like I Mm -hmm. didn't remember that until he said that but I do remember him canceling he said that he needed to just cut it off for his soul and well-being he was not good someone on his team who's still with him and has been with him the whole time was like I knew that something was really wrong when he just straight up canceled because she was like he loves to perform there's nothing else on this earth that he loves more than performing and his fans he didn't release another album for five more years and he really struggled through this time with mental health and he's been really open about that but throughout this time he did a lot of collabs with a bunch of different people like where are you now I'm the one Despacito I don't care 10,000 hours stuck with you with Ariana Grande I think that kind of like carried him through like the part where he wasn't having his own music because we still heard him also during this time him and Selena got back together very briefly they broke back up and then a couple months later he ended up getting married to Haley Baldwin they got married in 2018 and are still together you can just tell that he's way better now that he's with her yeah like she just really brought him out of that dark place that he was in and just helped him find himself again right changes came out earlier this year and he was going to go on tour it was going to be a stadium tour and then they had to bump it to an arena tour because tickets were not selling that great I had tickets to go see him in Nashville and it's supposed to be at Nissan Stadium and then we got an email that was like hey it's gonna be at Bridgestone I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. But obviously, we know how this year turned Mm -hmm. out and Corona happened, so he had to cancel. He didn't cancel. He just postponed. So, it's supposed to be next summer, but I think it'll get postponed again. Yeah. So, (laughs) that's fun. (laughs) Just overall, he just seems to be in such a better place now and... He's just open about all that he went through. And I think yeah. that's important to do just as humans. Just to yeah. be honest about where you are, you know? Yeah, and, and that's one of the things I love about Justin. So, now we're going to get into our songs that we either relate to, have stories about, or we just love. And Katie's going to go first. Okay, so the first song, which we already kind of talked about a little bit, is Baby. Because Baby's just what I think of. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the OG. It's the yeah. original Justin Bieber song I think of when I think of Justin Bieber. We kind of talked about before though, at this time period, I was not a fan of Justin Bieber. Growing up and even during that age, I was probably like 13, 14 when this came out. I was still a pretty big tomboy, I would say. And so he had like all these fangirls and I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, they're so ridiculous. I remember this coming out and I've always kind of been like, if everyone's obsessed with it, I'm not obsessed with it because Mm -hmm. I don't want to fit in with all of them or something. Jump on the bandwagon. Like just because. (laughs) But like, I love this song and I used to think I was so cool that I could do the rap. (laughs) <laughs> and it's not even really rapping. I think I can, yeah, but I think I can still sing every lyric of this song. Like, I still play this song to this day because it's just such a jam, you know? If you go back and listen to his old stuff, it's like, oh my gosh, his voice has changed so much. Like, you don't it notice has. as it goes. And that's, like, one of the things that, like, I felt like as, like, Scooter or a label that was signing him 
would have kind of been concerned about because you know like he was like 12 when he found them I feel like that's like the age as a a young male a young boy that your voice kind of starts to change or like crack and like I just feel like trying to start this career like that would be so scary and not knowing what he's gonna sound like later right Yeah. yeah but oh my gosh his voice I just think it's gotten better with time yeah it's so beautiful my second Justin Bieber song that I have picked out today is Love Yourself. Mm-hmm. It is my favorite song by Justin Bieber ever. The way he sings this song, but at the same time is like politely like F you. Yeah, it's literally, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. I just love that because I think we just have all went through times like that <laughs> in our past where we're just like, okay, screw you. Like, you're <laughs> out of my life. I'm over Bye. this. Yeah. And I feel like I can resonate to that a lot because when I was younger and I didn't really care as much about yeah stuff when I hear the song I think of a younger me who's just like screw it if something's not going my way or you're doing something to me that's hurting me or that I don't like bye I was complete (laughs) opposite of that I was like you're gonna hurt me no problem I was like I'll be here you just figure it out I'll be here yeah, I yeah we have definitely switched roles with that. I, feel like. <laughs> I definitely feel like I'm more lighthearted now than I used to be. But I used to think this song, because I think, was this on the Purpose album? Mm-hmm. I thought it was. So it came out in 2015. So I know Justin Bieber and Selena had broken up. Like, they had a hard breakup. You know they were together on and off. For like 10 years but I think they had a hard breakup around 2012 2013 mm-hmm. and so of course it came out in 2015 but he probably started writing the songs yeah, yeah. before then and so I thought this song was about Selena for the longest time but I wasn't really sure that it made that much sense because it would you know it references the girl using him to get into clubs and stuff and I was like well Selena probably doesn't need him to yeah, get like into clubs. Selena Gomez. Right exactly but I figured out that actually Ed Sheeran wrote it mm-hmm. and so he gave it to Justin Bieber but I have read stuff before where Ed Sheeran talks about how Justin put like his own spin on it or he thinks Justin did an amazing job with the song and mm-hmm. he doesn't think it would have fit on his album or it doesn't that, really fit his style right or he doesn't believe that it would have done as well so he talks about how he's so happy that Justin mm-hmm. was the one who sang the song but this song just says you think you broke my heart oh girl for goodness sake and I just <laughs> it's what? like you think you hurt me absolutely not yeah like nope not at all it's kind of funny but the first guy I ever dated when I was like a freshman in high school we did it for like just a few months and I was like okay I'm over you <laughs> bye like literally just called him on the phone broke up with him and he started crying and I was like this what are you doing? awkward <laughs> like what are you doing <laughs> yeah so I was just like okay bye and he was like no like you know trying to like make Talk me change it. my mind I guess and I was like no bye <laughs> the third song I picked is 10,000 hours mm-hmm. I love this song I feel like a lot of people it's not their favorite collab I like this one but I love it and it's just like they have the same manager Scooter's their manager. Scooter's their manager. I didn't know that. I think one of the reasons I like it so much is like my favorite collab with him almost is because it's Dan and Shay and I love country music. Mm-hmm. I love all types of music. Me too. But I love country and I love... Their s- voices mesh well. Yes. I love to see that they can work well with mm-hmm. each other and that it flows so smoothly. Yeah. Plus it's like that's not a pairing that you would expect to see. No, you would never expect that. Actually, it was honestly, well... 
I think everything's a few months ago, but at this point, it was probably almost a yeah, year ago what or is something. Time at this point? <laughs> but I was in the car with some people, and they didn't even know that Justin Bieber was on the song. They really? thought it, it was, was all Dan and Shay. Yeah, they thought it was all Dan and Shay. And when I pointed it out, I was like, no, this is his part coming up. They were like, oh, that is Justin Bieber. And mm-hmm. I really like the music video because they all have like their wives in it and Haley's yeah. in it. And I think it's really cute. They actually sang this at their wedding in South Carolina. Did they really? Yeah. I was about to say though, that would be a perfect wedding song because literally the lyrics say, I'd spend 10,000 hours and 10,000 more if that's what it takes to learn that sweetheart of yours. And then it says, and I might never get there, but I'm going to try. If it's 10,000 hours or the rest of my life, I'm going to love you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so sweet. Like that's yeah. a perfect wedding song. It's just like a cute, like they're just trying to learn all the things about you. Right. You know I mean? The the little important things that make you that you. make you you. Exactly. Yeah. So I love that song. So I had to bring it up. My fourth song, we're going to go a little deep here, is I'll Show You. Mm-hmm. It's off purpose as yep. well. You know, he had a lot of deep songs on that album. But I really like this song because he starts it off saying, my life is a movie and everyone's watching. Which is so true. Like, especially, you know, everyone was there with him when he was 12 years old and girls were falling over yeah. him to when he was literally writing songs on this album with suicidal thoughts almost. Yeah. Like literally everyone saw everything that he did. Yeah, and we just all watched. <laughs> and that's weird because like can you imagine if somebody you would have been going through like your weird awkward stages as like a kid, teenager, early adult and like everybody's watching everything that you do and judging all of it. Like that's a right. lot. Right. People you don't even know. Yeah. And they just have assumptions and they have their own opinions and it's like I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The other lyrics in the song that really stand out to me is because life's not easy I'm not made out of steel don't forget that I'm human don't forget that I'm real Mm -hmm. and that's just my favorite part of that song because we kind of touched on it but he's just very open about the things he went through it's kind of like puts him in a vulnerable state you know but I love that about him because it's just like that's so true you know you are just human like you do make mistakes you do go through the same phases and things Mm -hmm. that we all go through and have to work through but we don't all have everyone watching us yeah and that's kind of like the point of the podcast is just to like bring up their story to show that they're a normal person just the same as like me and you are normal people but like you know, they have a crowd. Right. And people want to know about their lives. I just think him saying that was like, I don't judge you, so like, don't judge me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, you know, like, I'm struggling, like, you're struggling, but no one's attacking you for it. Right. No, I, that was perfectly said. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But no, I totally agree with that. Like, it is just a reminder, like, hey, I'm still human too. We're all humans. Yeah. Like, we all live different lives. We all have different things going on, but at the end of the day, we all make Mistakes. Especially with social media now. Like, he kind of went through all this when social media was kind of, like, on the up and up, you mm-hmm. know? And, like, people online, you can say whatever you want to say. And people often forget that, like, you're speaking to a human being on the other side. Right. So, like, be nice to people. Whether it's a famous person that you're commenting on their picture or just, like, a person that you know. Like, they're a human. Whether you agree with them, disagree with them, you're mad at them, whatever. They have feelings. So, like, right. keep that in mind, you know? Exactly. And then this, this song also, though, it kind of reminds me of, because he's like, I'll show you. Like, he's got that attitude yeah. that's, like, in this album, you can kind of tell, I feel like, through some of the songs as it progresses. Like, at first, he can't process everything that's going on. He doesn't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And then he gets to the attitude where he's like, you know what? You can go love yourself. You know yeah. what? I'll show you. Like, here's my purpose. Yeah. And it was, yeah, exactly. So, it yeah, was kind of like a concept like, album. That I show you attitude definitely resonates with me. I've kind of always been like that, you know, 
if you tell me I'm not going to do something or I can't do something, like, I'm you better it. bet I'm going to try 10 times as hard to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, if you tell me you don't want me to do something, I suddenly want to do it. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, my last song is Friends. This song, I like the song by Justin Bieber, but it's definitely not one of my favorites of him, mm-hmm. but I just really like the lyrics. Mm-hmm. He starts off by saying, I was wondering about your mama. Did she get that job she wanted? Sell that car that gave her problems? I'm just curious about her, honest. He goes on to say, doesn't have to end. If it ends, can we be friends? And he's basically, you know, asking, how's your life? I'm still interested in your life. Can we still be friends? Like, we had a good thing. And if it ends, can we please still be friends? And I feel like this just resonates with me, but with anyone, because when you're in a relationship and you really care about someone, it's so much more than a relationship. Yeah. It's like, like it's a friendship. Too. Yeah. It's a friendship. It's a bond. Like, I just feel like that everyone almost, not everyone, unless, you know, relationships are yeah. so different for everyone, but. A lot of people, if they are best friends, you know, you don't want that to end because you're, like, losing your absolute best friend and your boyfriend or girlfriend and, like, at the same time. Yeah. And so, like, for me, like, I feel like I told my boyfriend, like, everything. Like, if something's going on in my life or if something just happened, like, even if it's stupid, I just feel the need to tell yeah. them. It's so hard, I feel like, when you end a relationship to not be able to do that. Plus, it's that whole thing of, like, when it's over, you don't just, like, straight up never think about them again. Like, you're still wondering about them and he's all like like I'm genuinely interested in your life like Like, how's your mom yeah like like, I want to know like because you told me about this earlier and I want to know how it turned out right and it's just like it's hard to just cut off those feelings Mm -hmm. and it's hard to just pretend like you don't care yeah like genuinely about your life your family like you still care well most people I guess some people don't but I just feel like that can resonate with everyone Mm -hmm. because you know he's like can we please still be friends please don't not talk to me ever again right and so it just shows that like hey you know we're not going to work out but I still want to be friends and I think that's how a lot of relationships end however I don't think many of the relationships end in being friends even if you say that move on yeah and that's like weird sometimes I mean like sometimes perfectly fine you know you do whatever but it's also like you know you just have to leave that sometimes right okay so now I'm gonna go into my songs my first we're starting with classic JB here we're going love me this was on like his very first EP when I think of Justin this is the song that comes to me first really the part at the beginning where he's like it's JB <laughs> that part gets me every time you know what I'm talking about you're like yeah like, it's like da 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 and then he's like it's JB and then he goes into it and it's like yeah I get it He's like, love me, love me, say that you love me, fool me, fool me, oh how you do me, kiss me, kiss me, say that you miss me, tell me what I want to hear. I'm like kind of annoying in a relationship. (laughs) I don't know if it's annoying, but like I sometimes annoy myself with like how many questions I ask and I just need like a lot of reassurance. Like, are you really sure? (laughs) Like, are you positive? Like, please tell me exactly how you feel 25 times a day because I just need to know (laughs) sort of situation. And it's kind of like that. Like, he's like, you know, show me some attention. And that's just kind of what I'm like. I think to a certain extent, we're all like that. We all need that reassurance, you know? So, my second song, we're switching gears here. We're going Mark My Words, and this was on the Purpose album, and this was the first song on the album. This is the other one for, like, Ty for my favorite one of his songs. I think you're going to say that about everyone. Yeah, (laughs) but it's just, like, they're very different vibes here. You know, like, Loves Me's like, oh, you're pumped, like... You know, I was, like, 11 when the song came out. I wasn't really (laughs) thinking about the words, but, like, when Mark My Words came out, I was thinking about the words. Right. 
So the lyrics are, So you heard it all before, fallen in and out of trust. I won't let us just fade away after all that we've been through. I'ma show you more than I ever could say. You know, this song, he's just kind of like, we've had previous relationships, like you don't trust because of the things that you've been through, but like, I'm not going to give up on you. So like, trust me. Right. And he's like, you know, after all that we've been through, like you can trust me, like stop thinking that it's not going to work out. And he's also just kind of like, I'm not just going to show you through my words, but he's like, mark my words, this will happen. Like, I'm going to show you with my actions. Right. And I think that's important to remember is, like, if somebody's saying something, but, like, their actions don't line up, it's not very good. Right. we've all kind of been in situations where that's happened, but it's like, don't put your past problems onto somebody else. Because I have a tendency to do that sometimes because it's like, you know, we carry baggage from all the... We carry our past with it. Yeah. And I know, I think everyone is a human tendency to like, Mm -hmm. you know, you put a guard up or something, a wall up because someone, something in the past has made you do that. Yeah. And he's just kind of talking about like, that's fine. That's okay. Like, mark my words. I'm going to show you that it's going to be better. So my next song here, we're going to go with Lonely. Oh, you just went real deep. (sighs) This one is his latest song, and he recently sang this on Saturday Night Live. This song. And it was very, like, a broken down version. And honestly, this song just, it's sad, to be honest. And the lyrics here is, Everybody saw me sick, and it felt like no one gave a shit. They criticized the things I did as an idiot kid. What if you had it all but nobody to call? And then he goes on to the chorus, and he's like, I'm so lonely. And... He was talking about growing up in the industry and, like, he had all these grown adults around him and he's a child. Right. And, you know, they just wanted him basically to make money. Yeah. You know? they, yeah. Like, I mean, they all had some type of purpose, but it usually wasn't... For him. Yeah. It was for them to benefit yeah, themselves. Like, you know, they cared about him, but it's like they saw him day in and day out and they didn't really, like, notice... That he was going through this. and he Or was, they ignored him. Yeah. I feel like they had to know. They just were like, Because they knew that fine. if he wasn't fine, that they'd have to stop. Right. And nobody wanted to stop. Right. But just in general, this song is just the sentiment that, like, just because someone looks like their life is perfect on the outside does not mean that they're perfect on the inside. Right. You know, like, everybody's got their own internal struggles, no matter what it is. And... You know, we've all felt lonely at times. Like, I've gone through periods in my life before where I acted like I was fine on the outside. But on the inside, I was, like, very not okay. And I think this song is just important to also look at that most situations are not like his situation. But just as a regular person, usually people care. (laughs) You know? So, like, I know that sometimes we internalize things and we're like, no one really cares. Like, they don't actually want to know. But it's like, you know say something because somebody's gonna care like it'll be okay this song just kind of like has the reminder that like check on your people you know because you never know how someone's really doing so like ask you know yeah I love this song by him like absolutely love it because I just feel like it is very inaccurate representation of him and what he went through and how he felt Mm -hmm. and I think it's so like he's just so open about it and he's trying to share it With everyone, like you said, to let them know, you know, you're not alone. I know you feel like you are. I know you're lonely. I've been there. But, like, it gets better. Yeah. Like, Justin Bieber is one of my favorites just because he is so open and honest. Mm -hmm. And he is, like, a human. He is a person, and he's the first one to tell you that, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's kind of like, just because I have all this stuff doesn't mean that I'm above feeling things. Mm -hmm. So, like, 
pay attention to me, you know, like as a human, not just as an artist. Right. And like we can all get in things where we feel like that. So it's just like, you know, if you are lonely, like reach out to people, feel whatever you need to feel, but like it's going to be okay. So my next song, we're going to go with Boyfriend here. We're going to change gears here. And this song straight up reminds me of middle school. In the state of Tennessee, they have this in other states as well, but we have this thing called Beta And it was like, I don't know what you would call it. It was like a club sort of thing for smart kids, basically. And we used to have the state convention was at the Opryland Hotel in Nashville. And my eighth grade year, they had this thing where you would like go up. It wasn't just my eighth grade year, but this (laughs) story is about my eighth grade year. But they had this event where like your school would sing. I don't remember exactly what it was called. I feel like it was called Songfest, but maybe I made that up. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know either because I also used to go to beta conventions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So my eighth grade year, this was our song for that trip. song? Yeah, this was the song that we like had our lyrics to. And the line where it's like, swag, swag, swag (laughs) on you. But like all the words were changed for like beta stuff. It was like beta, beta, the heart of beta's beating. (laughs) And... You know, most of the song is he's kind of, like, rap-talking it. Uh-huh. So, like, we had to do that. But then there's that one part where he, like, actually sings. And the principal at our middle school, we were all in this room and we were, like, rehearsing. She was hardcore about this. We were not there to play. We were there to win. <laughs> and we were, like, all practicing. And she wanted the chorus to sing the actual part. She was, like, they're the only ones that can sing. So, <laughs> one day we were rehearsing and she was, like, you. And she pointed me out in front of everybody. She's, like, you're going to sing with the chorus, people, okay? And I was, like, wait. What? So, then we get to the convention and we're, like, we did this thing where we would walk in from opposite sides and we would kind of, like, cross onto, like, the little yeah. stage thing that you would stand on. And our school, for some reason, was, like, famous for doing this. I don't know why. It wasn't that cool. <laughs> but I forgot which side I was supposed to be on. And I'm short, so I was on the front. Like, I didn't even get to stand on the thing. I had to stand on the floor. And I was the first one on that row. And I was on the side, and I was looking around, and I was like, these aren't the people that I'm standing by. I was on the wrong side. So I had a dead sprint, like, <laughs> across the whole thing and I got there with like three seconds to spare before we like walked out and I was like out of breath and we're up there like singing boyfriend (laughs) but just like the part where he's like swaggy (laughs) that part is just so cool you know it just reminds me of middle school that's so funny so my next song we're going back to kind of deep here is confirmation and this was off of the changes album and it's just kind of about like We all need that confirmation sometimes in people. And also just, like, don't rush your life. So the lyrics are, ain't nobody got no patience, want what they want right now. And he feels so strongly about this line that he repeats it twice. And then he's like, ain't no need in being so anxious. And then he goes on and he says, look at how it's all unfolding. Yeah, it's persistence at its finest. Like you wanted in before the door was open instead of letting what's scripted play out. And I have a tendency to do this where something will start and I'm thinking like way ahead because I want to know what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. And it's like, just let your life play out sometimes, you know, like show up, put in the work, but also like don't get so ahead of yourself that you miss out on the now. Right. Right. And also, like, we all try to plan our lives in some sort of way, but Mm -hmm. nothing ever goes as planned. So it's kind of like, just chill. Just go with what is meant for you. Mm -hmm. Like, the path you're meant. Don't try to be extra. And, you know, just, (laughs) you know, show up, plan Mm -hmm. in the work, but don't get ahead of yourself. And then the other line where he's talking about, like, being anxious. Like, obviously, I've had anxiety before. And, like, you know, everybody
everybody struggles with their own problems, but he's like, there's no need for that. Like, (laughs) if you would just take it day by day, like, you wouldn't get so ahead of yourself and, like, don't think so much. Like, it's gonna be okay. Basically, the song is just, like, chill. It's gonna be fine. Everything always works out exactly how it's supposed to work out. So, like, why are you being so stressed? Yeah, and I think that just is another one of his songs that's, like, again, very Mm open-minded, like, kind of speaking from experience, I feel like. I know, like, he, in a lot of the interviews or just, like, articles I've read about him, he speaks about how Haley was, like, God's gift to him almost. Like, you know, he was going through that rough time, and then he found her, and that's exactly what he needed. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of that album is about Haley. Yeah. So, it reminds me Mm -hmm. of their relationship. And it's like, he had that, you'll have that too. Like, no matter what it is, a friendship, a relationship, a job, whatever, like, things come at the time that you need them. Right. When you least expect. Yeah. But. So, now we're going to go into some questions. So I want to backtrack really fast, yeah. though. You were talking about Beta, and it just brought up so many funny <laughs> things for me, and I'm just, like, picturing you running around, <laughs> out of line, like, typical Abby. Like, I was I very see stressed. That. But if it makes you feel any better, the first beta convention I went to, we didn't do the song thing at my school, Mm -hmm. but we sat in the crowd and watched the song thing. But we did skits. We did skits too. And, I was never in one, but... Oh, be glad. <laughs> the first skit I was ever in, I don't know if I was in fifth grade or sixth grade. For some reason, I feel like you couldn't go in convention you couldn't when go you're fifth in fifth grade. grade. Okay, so I was in sixth grade. So I was like 12-ish. Mm-hmm. I had to be Tweety Bird. <laughs> I had to run across the stage in a bird costume while someone chased me. I don't remember anything else about the skit. That's all I remember, but it was so embarrassing. And this is in a huge room, and there's like everybody's watching everyone you. your age and maybe like two years older yeah because it's in the state grade. is there watching you so I'm my first bird. beta convention <laughs> in sixth grade i didn't have a phone but i had an ipod and it was like my phone like i was obsessed with it whatever so we got on this elevator and somehow i like dropped my ipod and these people like saw me drop it who went to my school i was friends with them and they didn't pick it up so i lost my ipod at the opryland hotel and i was very stressed and then the next day they were like anyone <laughs> lose this so i had to go up on stage and get it and I was like so embarrassed. <laughs> it was like a huge thing. Good times. Opry, not Opry. Beta conventions were a lot for me. That was I had some tough times at <laughs> beta conventions. They were like always a journey. I guess I don't know. One time mm-hmm. I was there and the fire alarm went off when we were. And it's sleeping. a huge hotel. Yeah. So. But we were so scared. This is my innocence in middle school. The room I was in, they taped our doors. They did that to us too. Because they didn't want us getting out and running around and stuff. <laughs> so when the fire alarm went off, we were trying to all peep out the hole. We were scared to open the door. We thought we would get in trouble. <laughs> Even though, looking back now, that is so stupid. Because if, if there was an actual fire, you, you know, leave. do you want to potentially die or follow Not the rules? Trouble. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So now we're going to go into the question. So my very first one is, what do you think was the best Justin Bieber phase? That's a tough question. But I think the phase he's in now, almost like recovery, happy phase, you know, to watch him go through all that and see him overcome it, you know, it's just inspirational, like for anyone. But I'm just really happy for him that, you know, he's found Haley and he's in this happy place and just that he can be so open with everyone. Mm -hmm. And one thing I really like about Justin is that he's open about his faith and I love that about him. And I feel like he's more open about that recently and since he met Haley, like it's always been there for him. But he kind of lost his way for a little. Yeah, he was kind of lost and then he didn't always 
communicate as openly mm-hmm. about it. So I think he's kind of found himself. Yeah, I think marriage has been good for him. Yeah, and I think it. Yeah, it's just helped him find himself who he wants to really be, and he's not ashamed of it. And he has like someone else that like relies on him. Right, right. And so I think right now this is mm-hmm. my favorite phase. I would agree, or just like the beginning phase because that's when we knew him. Because you know? that's when he was baby swooshy Bieber, hair. Yeah. yeah. So my next question, talking of his hair, is what was his worst hairstyle? <laughs> oh goodness. You know, a lot of people hate it like the dreads. Yeah, that's by far my least favorite. Like the bleach blonde, like looks yeah, like he hasn't washed I don't his know, hair. Though, I was kind of into it. Th- this mm-hmm. was <laughs> this was the phase where like I had just started college and this is when I like became huge on just her Bieber. eyes right now are like huge. <laughs> like I was huge on it. But I went through oh, a yeah. phase where I loved tattoos. And he has a lot of them, so he has all kinds of tattoos. But anyway, so I was kind of obsessed with that look on him. I don't know, I'm not big on the spikes. I, yeah, I like feel the like, believe era. Yeah. I wasn't big on It was on like that. really short on the sides and then like spiky on the top. Yeah. That wasn't my favorite. He's had a lot of hairstyles. He has. Okay, so my next question is if his voice was a color, what would it be? Ooh, this this question trumped me up last time. <laughs> and it's kind of a hard question because I think of so many things at once. So like what immediately comes to me is almost like a deep or dark purple. Purple is what I think, too, but I think that's really? just because when he first started, he was obsessed with purple. Mm-hmm. But also because, like, he has a lot of pop in his songs, and I feel like purple just kind of defines that. But when I think of his voice, what I really like is when he is just singing, like, almost no music. Like, I'm sure you know this if you know anything about Justin Bieber, <laughs> but he used to be on Ellen a lot. Mm-hmm. And I used to love watching him on Ellen. But he would always sing, and sometimes he would just be singing, and sometimes he'd have a guitar. And I loved his voice. Like, I used to be obsessed with his voice. So, so I kind of think white in some ways when I think just about his voice because it's so pure. Like It's very smooth. Yeah, it's super smooth. Love hearing it. So, I know those are two opposite colors, but <laughs> but... Those are the colors I resonate mm-hmm. with. Them. I get both of those. Okay, so my last question is if anyone listening to this has a takeaway from either our stories or Justin's story, what would it be? If I was going to take away from Justin's story and one of the things we talked about, we mentioned him being so open and vulnerable and like just all the times he went through and like just being open about it, speaking about mental health and he's like very big on mental health awareness. So I think that's important, you know, know that when you're going through stuff, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've all been there. We've all felt like that, at least to a certain extent, usually. But I think the biggest takeaway I would get from it is that we're all just human. Mm -hmm. We all make mistakes. And we all go through stuff. And at the end of the day, we're all just human. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, just learn from your mistakes. And be nice to people. I would add to that kind of along the same lines that, like, we all have gone through what we've gone through for a reason. And, like, use your story to, like, help other people. Like, you can help other people not make the same mistakes or whatever it is that you did and we all have our own individual journeys and we're all ultimately here to help each other so like use it and it's all going to be okay like it'll work out it'll be fine I know it doesn't feel like it will but it'll be okay so I would really appreciate if you would follow me on Instagram it is hashtag spelt out with two g's underscore relatable I post cute little graphics over there I post the links when they come out (laughs) I work on them kind of hard it's fine (laughs) So, I really hope you enjoyed. Thank you, Katie, for being here. Of course. And tune back in next week for another episode of Hashtag Relatable. Bye! Bye!